We've talked 5G all year, but let's be frank, it's actually been a huge disappointment. We break down why you should still hold out some hope for 2020. Stick around for your Daily Charge. Good morning and welcome to the Daily Charge. It's Tuesday, December 10th. I'm Roger Chang. And I'm Eli Blumenthal. And let's get to today's headlines. 5G has been, well, underwhelming. The next generation wireless technology came into this year with a huge amount of hype, but it was a confusing mess from the start. First, there was AT&T's 5GE, which, again, is not real 5G. Then we had Verizon's grand launch in a handful of city blocks. Verizon hooked up a few stadiums as well, but only certain sections could actually access the network. Then T-Mobile last week launched its nationwide network, and as Eli tested last week, Speeds were fine, but just a minor boost over 4G. So, Eli, what do you what do you make of all this? It's still very, very, very early days for 5G. Right. Do you think the carriers kind of overstepped things by hyping 5G? We're partly guilty of this because we've we've written the crap out of 5G. But uh, like, do you think we're we went overboard? Or the industry go overboard in hyping up 5G? Well, I think there's a couple of factors at play. I think 5G does have the potential to really be a transformational technology. That that's real. Yep. I mean, it's not obviously there yet, but but it, in due time, it mm-hmm. really can be. It can provide a home broadband type internet wherever you are. And there's something to be said for that. Right. That will enable a whole host of new things, whether it's driverless cars or, you know, um, better telemedicine. streaming, telemedicine. Sure. All of that is very much possible. But at the same point in time we have to take baby steps instead of just thinking we can run before we walk. Right. And I think what the, the, the issue I've had, I guess, for this year and really the last year leading up into 2019, there was just a lot of talk and a lot of rhetoric about how 2019 was going to be the year of 5G. You had these first commercial launches and a lot of these launches turned out to be fairly limited from a consumer perspective. Like the experience has generally not been great. No, it hasn't. Yeah. Um, as you mentioned, Verizon's only on a handful of city blocks. Yep. Though on those city blocks, if you're willing to stand outside on those street corners, amazing. you can get really, really good speeds <laughs> over a gigabit. Uh, AT&T has millimeter wave in like 21 cities, but they're not letting anyone touch it yet. Yep. That won't be until 2020. And then lastly, um, there's Sprint, right? Sprint, which actually I think has probably like the best, Sprint has been the best network out there. If I were to rate 5G networks, yeah. Sprint would actually be number one, even though they're only live in nine cities. Right. They actually work indoors and out with a notice, a very, very notable speed boost. You're getting 150 to 200 megabits per second indoors, which is great. I replaced my home internet for a couple of days with it, and it was fine. I played Xbox Live, fine. I browsed the web, right. streamed in 4K. It worked. Well, so we have some reason to be hopeful for 2020. Uh, you know, Shar Tipkin and I story over the weekend about why 5G might be better for next year. And we're, we're looking at sort of the, the type of processors, the type of modems that are able to access more bands of 5G. And generally, things are going to be better and cheaper and, I don't know, more accessible for people, right? As happens with technology. Right. Over time, it right. gets a lot better. Right. Uh, the early adopters, the first wave has pretty much always been, you know, buggy, for right. lack of a better term. This, this hasn't necessarily been buggy, but... Generation 2 is going to be a hell of a lot better than Generation 1. Right. And then Generation 2 is really right around the corner at this point. Yeah. I mean, the Galaxy S11 has been rumored to yep. be featuring it, and Samsung usually reveals that in around February, March mm-hmm. timeframe. So, yeah, they should pre- kick off a new wave of 5G phones that hopefully are Yeah, the are early not, part of 2020. Hopefully are not egregiously expensive. So one Fingers only, crossed. Fingers crossed. All right, speaking of T-Mobile Sprint, the two companies went to court yesterday to duke it out with more than a dozen state attorneys general who are suing to block their merger. 
The outcome has huge ramifications for the wireless world. If T-Mobile and Sprint are victorious, the deal could reshape how you get mobile service. They lose, well, a lot of questions about what happens to Sprint. Eli, you were there in court. What did you see? So it was kind of an odd first day in court. So the judge actually got rid of opening statements, which kind of threw everything off because both the AGs and T-Mobile Sprint were ready to give their remarks. Right. These are big law firms and really excited to talk. Uh, so they, actually <laughs> they get paid said, to talk. They right? get paid to talk. Yeah. Uh, they actually delayed things a little bit. The first uh, person up was Roger Soleil, who was who is T-Mobile, uh, not T-Mobile, who is Sprint's, Sprint's yep. chief marketing officer. Uh, he didn't really say too much that was exciting. Uh, not not much that we didn't already know about. Sort of the main talking the, points? The status of Sprint. Yeah, he, he pretty much stuck to that. It'll be interesting to see what happens over the coming weeks when you have people like John Ledger, T-Mobile CEO, CEO Mike Sievert, T-Mobile COO, but soon mm-hmm. to be CEO, right. Neville Ray, uh, Charlie Ergen, the Dish co-founder, who's... Right. Maybe coming in to become a wireless player. Yeah, in my mind, I think Charlie Ergen is probably the most interesting witness because he really has to make the case that his company is willing to invest and become that viable fourth competitor. Something the company has shown real no willingness to do in the past. Right, they've had Spectrum for years. Right, lots and lots of it. And one of the big critiques that the AGs make, and it's a very valid one, is that he nothing. has no experience running a wireless company. Right, Dish isn't a terribly thriving. You know, satellite yeah. company. Yep. It's like they're making money hand over even, fist. Even their core business is like not that well run. So, right. So yeah. now all of a sudden you're going to go take a stab at wireless. That's not an easy transition. Right. And we're propping up a fourth carrier to replace a fourth carrier. That doesn't really seem like it's going to going to make a lot of sense. It'll be interesting to see how, I guess, Charlie describes himself and describes. Right. His ambitions. Well, well, we can only hope that John Ledger will drop a couple of F-bombs during his testimony. <laughs> I doubt it. I know he'll be on his best behavior, but that would be amazing to see in court. It would. And and this trial is going to be pretty quick. Yep. Uh, depending on how many hours each side uses, this thing could be wrapped up before Christmas. That's what the judge said, right? He basically wanted, like, I don't I don't want to spend Christmas dealing with this. Yeah, I he, want, he, I want to get this done. He described either two different scenarios, uh, at least yesterday, December 20th, Friday, December 20th, as one option or Monday, December 23rd. Okay. And kind of was asking both sides to really pick one of those dates and, and wrap this thing up by then. Wow. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. I'm Eli Blumenthal. Thanks for joining us.